As you might recall, last Wednesday was November the 11th, which was Veterans Day when we remember and honor those who served in the military of our nation and was previously known as Armistice Day because World War I ended technically at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of the year 1918. Anyway, Veterans Day made me think of the story of a fourth century soldier in the Roman army who later became known as Martin of Tours. And the story goes that Martin the soldier was on his horse riding toward a city gate uh, through which he was about to enter that city when he sees a poor man outside the city gate shivering in the cold. And instead of passing him by, Martin stops and he has compassion on the man. The soldier draws his sword. He takes off the soldier's cape that he was wearing and he cuts it in two and gives the other half to the shivering man, which would be more than enough to keep him warm for the night. Well, that night, Martin has a dream. And in his dream, he sees Jesus. And Jesus is wearing the cape that Martin gave to the shivering man. As the result of that dream, among other things, Martin was baptized. He became a Christian. He later left his military service. He became a monk. He founded a monastery and ultimately was appointed Bishop of the city of Tours, hence the name Martin of Tours. Meanwhile, the cape became a symbol in the army for God's care and protection in the face of whatever battles we might encounter in this life. In fact, the priests who were assigned to the army as ministers would hold up the cape as they accompanied the army as a reminder of God's presence and care in the midst of the battles that they were about to fight, which is why those ministers or those priests came to be known as chaplains, because the word chaplain comes from the word kappa, or cape, which is also the genesis of the nickname, man of the cloth. Well, coincidentally, uh, November the 11th is not only Veterans Day in our nation, but in the calendar of the church, it is also the commemoration of St. Martin of Tours, who was buried three days after his death on November 11th in the year 397. It may also interest you to know that Martin of Tours happens to be the namesake of Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation, who was baptized at the age of one day on November 11th in the year 1483. Well, today's parable or story from Matthew chapter 25 is about what it means to take whatever you've been given, or more precisely, whatever's been entrusted to you, and using it for the glory of God and in service to the world. By multiplying it, by investing it, by sharing it with other people so that they would know the compassionate care of God in the face of whatever spiritual battles they might be encountering in their lives, whether it's uh, the battle against a personal obstacle or the healing of a divided country or, or the ongoing pandemic and health crisis that we might be in, or an individual who you might find poor and shivering in the cold physically, if not spiritually. And to give this story just a little bit of context, if you go back one chapter into Matthew chapter 24, what you find is uh, the disciples of Jesus asking him a question about the end of the world and 
how it'll happen and when they'll know. And Jesus answers their question by giving them this long, detailed explanation involving things like uh, the sun and the moon and earthquakes and cosmic developments and prophecy from the book of Daniel and a bunch of other stuff. And then as if he can see their eyes glazing over to say to him, you know, we really don't get all of this. We transition into Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus simply stops and he tells them some stories. And the first story or parable in Matthew 25 is a story about 10 bridesmaids. And you heard that last week, Pastor Nick preached about it. And it's intended to remind us that we may not know when the world or even our world is coming to an end, but that we should all be, always be ready for that moment. The third story, the last one in the chapter, is about a king. And we'll hear that story next week as we celebrate the Sunday of Christ the King and then go on to uh, Thanksgiving and further on to Advent and to Christmas. And, And between those two stories is what's known as the parable of the talents or the story that we have in front of us today. You may or may not remember that back in September, I preached another sermon about another parable of Jesus seven more chapters earlier in the Gospel of Matthew that has to do with talents, which back then uh, was a word that designated a, a unit of weight or a measurement of great wealth, either in gold or silver. And I, I talked about it in some detail, but when we use the word talent today, we think of it not so much as a unit of wealth or prosperity, but rather as a, a skill or ability that we have or something that we can do very, very well. Kind of reminds me of the story of the woman who goes up to the Lutheran pastor and says, Pastor, can Lutherans dance? And the pastor said to her, well, some can and some can't. Depends on the talent. And so however you use the word, and I think either way is fair game, whether it has to do uh, with your money and your possessions or your skills or abilities, the point of this message is that while we may not ever know when the end of the world or even the end of your world is coming, that we are always to be ready for that moment. And the way to be ready is to take whatever talents we have and use them for the glory of God in service to the world so that others would be blessed when we multiply them and invest in them so that they can experience the compassionate presence of God. And then to illustrate that message, Jesus tells the story of these three guys, two of which do exactly that. They invest and multiply the talents that have been given to them in ways that make the master very happy, while the third one does not. He buries the talent and then tries to blame the master for his own lack of action, which, of course, the master does not buy. And while I'm not going to retell the rest of the story beyond that, I do want to point out just a few things from the story. As you think about what this parable means, what it says to you, and how you might apply it to your life. And the first thing is that at the very beginning of the passage, Jesus paints the picture of a man who goes on a journey and then later returns. Now, in the real world of first century Palestine, when somebody went on a journey, 
They weren't going away for a long weekend or even for several days. A journey meant that they would be gone for weeks or even months and sometimes even years before they ultimately returned. But they would return. And because transportation back then was not nearly as predictable as it is today, because communication back then was not at all what it is today, when somebody went on a journey, you could never know for sure exactly when they would return. Why is that important? Well, it's because in trying to answer the disciples' question back in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus gives them a clue that when his mission in this world was accomplished, when it came to a conclusion, he would be going away, but that someday he would return again so that Jesus is the guy in the story and we are the servants in the parable. Which brings me to the next thing I want to highlight, and it also comes in the very first verse of this passage today where it says, he entrusted his property to them. Whose property? His. In other words, it's his. It's all his. All the talents, all the wealth, all the prosperity, all the gifts, all the abilities, all the talents that we have in life are his. They belong to him, they come from him, and he entrusts them to you and me, his servants. And so if you look up the the definition of entrust in the dictionary, uh, it will say that entrusting something is when you confer it to another person with confidence. And that's another clue and why that verse is also important because what Jesus is saying to his disciples is that when his mission is accomplished and, uh, and he goes back to the Father's house before his ultimate return, he has given them everything they need to do what he wants them to do in this world. He's giving them his talents so that they would make his mission their mission for the rest of your, their lives. And, and he's saying to them, you know, I'm trusting you with this. And it's how I want you to use my talents. Well, why is that important? Because, you know, if you believe that, then it changes everything about the way you see your life and its future. It changes the way you look at the purpose of your life. It changes the trajectory of your life. So that if you're a nurse, now you're nursing to the glory of God. And if you're a teacher, you're teaching to the glory of God. And if you're picking up the trash, you're picking it up to the glory of God as a witness to him and as an act of care for the creation that he has left with us. And the third thing I want to point out to you from this parable is that that, this isn't a, a way of telling us that we're saved by works after all or our performance before God because we're still saved by grace through faith alone, through Christ alone. This is a story about what we do with the grace God has given us. Because we're already his servants. We're already in the story. We're already part of his beloved community. And because in the words of Martin Luther, whose namesake was Martin of Tours, 
Faith alone saves. But faith, real faith, is never alone. Or as Jesus puts it in the Gospels, it's by their fruits that you will know them. And I hope you'll think about that today and about what it might mean for you to experience life's highest joy in taking whatever it is that God has entrusted to you, whether it's the weight you pull or the money you have or the skill and ability that you possess and using it to the glory of God in service to the world so that others will know the compassionate care of Jesus Christ in the face of whatever spiritual battles they have to fight and that stand in front of them. And what I can tell you today is that you are looking at a guy who has been tremendously, richly blessed by the talents that God has given to the people in my life over all these years who didn't waste them, who didn't bury them in the ground, but who used them and multiplied them and shared them and invested them in people like me so that I could know the compassionate love of Christ in my own spiritual battle so that I could grow up in Christ. You know, and I'm talking about everybody from Sunday school teachers to seminary professors. I'm talking about all the people who over all the years made the music that uh, elevated my own praise and, and helped me feel close to God. I'm talking about all the people that I know and that I've seen over the years who invested their talents, which is to say their financial treasures in the mission of Christ, whether it's building a, a home for orphan children in India or building a house of worship right here in Silver Spring, whether it's packing lunches for school kids to the glory of God or delivering food where it is needed or helping our Ethiopian brothers and sisters to thrive in life and ministry because we're all one in the body of Christ. And I can't help but believe that in this world of political turmoil and upheaval, of, of social tensions, of, of worsening public health, we have a tremendous opportunity right now to do all of that for the glory of the one who invested everything he ever had in people like you and me so that we can take what he has given and entrusted to us to make his mission our mission, to use it, all of it, for the glory of God and for the hope of this world. And so I hope and pray that you, in your life, will know the great joy of using whatever it is in whatever amount that God in his grace has entrusted to you to multiply, to bless, to invest in his mission because now it's also our mission until Jesus returns. And this world, or at least your world, comes to an end and you enter the joy of the master forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.